Hey, Rewatchers, Keith here. This year, we're going to start releasing mini-episodes, or mini-sodes, if you will. Uh, these are going to be a little shorter than our typical episodes, although this one actually is kind of long. Uh, <laughs> they're really just going to be more free-form discussions uh, that we have. They're not going to kind of follow the same format that our normal episodes and bonus episodes do. So what are some of the things you might be able to find in these mini-sodes? Uh, well, reviews, for one thing. In the past, we've talked about reviewing uh, Russell Mulcahy's directorial debut, Razorback. Uh, so that's the sort of review you might find as a mini-sode. Uh, we might uh, explore some of the other facets of the Highlander universe as well, whether it would be maybe Adrian Paul's Peace Magazine, uh, some extra Watcher Chronicles, that sort of thing. Even a lot of reader mail if there's enough of it that particular week. Um, so anyway, stay tuned. Uh, mini-sodes aren't going to be coming out every single week, but they'll be released uh, as we do them, and it should be a lot of fun. And again, these are just kind of a more casual podcast format as opposed to our Typical one, which is pretty casual, I guess, uh, all things considered. Uh, so this, our inaugural mini-sode, is actually the audio from our live Highlander 2 Q&A that we did this past weekend. Uh, so a lot of people, understandably, had a lot of questions about Highlander 2, and we did our best to answer them. And we also shared a lot of really amazing reader mail that we had got over the course of the last month uh, while we were doing our Highlander 2 podcast. So uh, enjoy this mini-episode, and look for more in the future. How's it going, rewatchers? Yeah, so hey we had a little technical difficulties. Technical I don't difficulties. know uh, if uh, a lot of people saw what we were doing before, so we're kind of starting over. Yeah, yeah. we might be repeating ourselves, but yeah. hey, that's so we're going to do it like this. Uh, you guys like us so much that those who tuned in the first time, I'm sure won't mind. That's right, Just so we're going to be now. tackling some reader mail. Uh, maybe you've heard this before, maybe not, whatever. Um, so, uh, let's see, whoops, my phone i got to put my mic down, or someone's going to hold my mic for me. That's what's going to happen. Hey, we've got oh. one person watching us. Thank there you. Hold that. There we go. Uh, All right. So. Hi, person. What, Hello. Eamon, what yes. are we attempting to accomplish today? So today we're going to talk about uh, Highlander 2. We just had our four-episode, um, you know, extravaganza on it. And now we're going to just kind of wrap things up a little bit, finish up our discussions, ask, answer some of your questions. You get to see my face. That's fun for I wouldn't everybody. say they get to. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah go. all right. David, nice. very good. Hey, David. Thanks um, for contributing. Yeah, so we're just going to go through some Highlander 2, like, odds and ends and things like that and see see what's happening. Yeah, uh, we did get one uh, comment earlier. Um, Uh-oh. We got some feedback happening. Feedback. Uh, so, <laughs> um... Uh, somebody asked us what we would do to make this movie better. Was that the question? I'm already blank. Yeah, well... Well, I, I think it's safe to say that what we talked about before was not ever uploaded, right? Yes. Yeah. So so we should start completely over. Yeah. Hit that hard reset button. Hard reset. And, uh, yeah, it's good times. Yeah. So, good times. so people had some great contributions to make to our Highlander 2 discussion. So we're going to try to give voice to a few of those that yeah. are pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, so, Eamon, do you want to start us off with a little piece of reader mail? Sure. Um, well, one thing that we had a question about, all of us, was the uh, 
the drink that uh, McLeod has at the bar, uh, Oskava, um, and we got a basically a few reader mails. This one's from Sam H., um, who is mentioning uh, that it's the misspelling of uh, basically two words. Kyle, you seem to have a good pronunciation of that. So I believe he does say it right, Uskaba. Mm-hmm. It's like it looks like Uskabetha, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Gaelic for water of life. Mm-hmm. But then people would shorten it because that's a mouthful to just yeah. Uska, which then when it became like Anglicanized and came to England, they pronounced it whiskey, which is oh. where we get the modern day term. So actually, it's kind of a cool historical tidbit. But the the drag about it was that the closed captioning and or Subtitles in Highlander 2 misspell it. So if right. you Google it, you will see nothing. Yeah. You will, you will yeah. only see Highlander 2, which leads you to believe it is completely made up for this thing. And like a weird sci-fi milk drink, <laughs> right. apparently. Because that's what Jimmy, oh good boy, that's what Jimmy is drinking the entire time. Yeah, milk. Delicious milk. Um, so, yeah, that was a fun tidbit that we all got wrong, and a few people... Um, Pointed that out to us, so that was nice. Yeah. Very, very gently. People were yeah. very, gently. very gentle with us. Yeah. yeah, they weren't like, wrong! They weren't, as, they weren't as gentle as Mac was in that alley, but oh, they were boy. sufficiently gentle. Yikes. Gentle Mac. The gentling. Mental, gentle Ben, too. Yeah. Gentling. <laughs> That's right. That'll be coming at you, season three, talking more about Gentle Ben. Yeah, gentle like ben. coming at you like Cleopatra, man. That's, That's right. right. Not uh, like the Pharaoh's daughter, though. No. Yeah. So no, one thing we not. one thing we wanted to talk about a little bit uh, with season oops Snow Highlander two uh, is there's kind of these two plots going on in the two mm-hmm. versions um, and the one is they're aliens and the other is they're time travelers they're time travelers and right. everything being said about one version of the movie or the other cut like the scenes being reordered all that notwithstanding which version do you guys kind of prefer as you know. Uh, as like a, as just as a concept. As a concept, like which which version do you kind of like better? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Would you rather like, they were aliens like, or would you rather they were time travelers? Yeah, it's like which is your least favorite child? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, all right. I guess I would prefer that they were time travelers, if only for the reason that it doesn't require us to hypothesize that there are like other habitable planets. It's like an Occam's razor thing. Right. Like, why why have more theoretical entities than you need? Like, at least they're still on Earth. <laughs> like, at sure. least. If, like, you're positing the existence of magic or whatever, like, to at least leave out interstellar travel if you can yeah. avoid it. Uh, well, as uh, William H. has pointed out just on our live feed, and which I happen to agree with, I actually... Uh, like them being aliens. What? Yeah. I, I agree as well. Just because... Wait, you, wait the, you both think that the Zeist plot is better. I don't... Yeah. I, like, I, let's make a uh, distinction. Well, I, don't, the, I don't like yeah. that they're aliens, yeah. but, but I... Them being aliens th- is better than being time travelers? The uh, time travel just made me confused. I was like, why is there this, like, pre, prehistory machine gun robot civilization? And, like, aren't they, ch- like... Which I think you brought up, Kyle. Aren't they like changing the time stream constantly by like keep continuing to go back and forth from the futuristic past to the less futuristic present and future? <laughs> I mean, I assume they're going back like a long time. I guess is the only way that makes sense. But somehow, like, let's we're not comparing the 
kind of weird tension that the time travel plot creates to something reasonable. We're comparing it to fucking Zeist. That is the benchmark for comparison. They, like, go to a weird Firefly ship and get, like, quickening magic. And as Jill B. points out on our live feed, from the dawn of time we came, apparently the dawn, like, at least the dawn of time on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and it's not like the time incongruity doesn't matter if Zeist exists. There's still this weird question of, like, where are they? In 500 years past there, what the hell is going on? Like, there's still time-related quandaries, even if they're aliens. That's yeah, true. there's a lot of quandaries with both of the solutions. Uh, both of them bring up so many crazy questions, and I think that's the biggest problem with, you know, either the alien plot or the, uh, or the Zeiss plot, is just that they, uh, they also make you question the first movie. I think that's one of the big downfalls. Yeah. It's like everything I know about the first movie either was wrong or I need to now second guess everything and mm-hmm. it and it just starts to make things confusing uh and while I don't I'm not like 100% on board Highlander 3 uh where like there's just like more immortals hidden in a cave like at some point I guess you just got to get past it and it's like at least that version doesn't necessarily make me second guess like every single thing that happens in the se- in, in the first movie it's yeah. like oh I guess it was just wrong about this one thing and that's what the series does the series. Yeah. Hit Highlander it, dude. 3, the Warlock. Is that what I call it? That's yeah, you call did, it. The Warlock. That's the Eamon special cut. Called. Yeah. Uh, so we got, um, we should, uh, let's see. Oh, uh, David asked, would Aliens and Magic hold up? So yeah, uh, I think hold David. Up what? Like hold David, up a liquor store? David, yeah. David, asked, <laughs> David, <laughs> David asked earlier, uh, would Kyle, your hatred of the aliens continue for the hatred of, of Magic in Highlander 3? Do you recall? Ah, mm. uh, okay. So it's been a while since I've seen Highlander 3. But, and, like, the magic in that is very jarring, but at least we've been accustomed to the fact that it's an inherently magical thing, as they keep reminding us every two goddamn seconds, oh, it's a kind of magic. Right. Uh. It's magic. Is it magic? Kind of. Like, <laughs> we've been beaten over the head with the existence of magic. We are not given the same amount of priming for the existence of, like, interstellar travel and Zeist aliens and Katana warlords. Mm, it means Japanese sword. Amen. Uh, we got a pretty great uh, email from Zach O. As usual, he's always delivering the goods. That's right. Uh, so uh, he gave us a pretty great explanation of what might be going on underneath the uh, the ozone shield in Highlander oh, yeah. Two. Why don't you share that with everybody? Yes, sir. Uh, so Zach O. gives us this gold. Uh, this would be a perpetual sauna, basically. This high moisture level for so long would turn the urban world into a mass of mold and decay. Since there's no sunlight getting through, I think, all plant life would die. Therefore, all herbivores will die. No idea where the world is getting the food supply. I guess fungus farms would work, but I doubt they had the infrastructure for that worldwide. Um, But if the world is so hot, that means the planet is still getting heated by the sun. But if the shield is blocking sunlight, that means it's absorbing the energy and transferring it to the atmosphere as heat. This system needs to have no heat outlet, so the planet would just keep getting hotter and hotter until everybody dies. (laughs) Unless the shield is powered by this excess heat, and in a closed system, the humidity would level off at 100%, uh, i.e. saturation. I'm not sure what that means. But uh, it doesn't explain the weather. That would mean that there are no temperature differences and no wind. Fog should be forming at the very least, so that's why it would be like a sauna. But precipitation would never happen because that requires a cold upper atmosphere. 
So he closes by saying he thinks taking down the shield would create an apocalyptic level weather event as the atmosphere chills and there's so much pressure and water in the air. Yikes. <laughs> I think he meant Zeiss. <laughs> as our catchphrase goes. Yeah. So, yeah. I think the this is that's actually the alternate version of Highlander Two that we haven't talked about, yeah. where it's all just a weather based apocalypse. Yeah, it's basically like the day after tomorrow. Ooh, that's it. Th- something good. like that. Only that, like that's a good one. Yeah, only <laughs> only more humid. Yeah, and also that is not a good one. Yeah. <laughs> like Dennis Quaid. If the day after tomorrow had Christopher Lambert in it, I'd go see it. I'd see a lot of things with Lambert in it. Yeah. It doesn't make any of them good. Yeah. Uh, let me scroll through some of the comments we've got here. Uh, let's see. Highlander uh, thinks Highlander the source is much worse than Highlander 2. Get ready for the pain, guys. Believe me, uh, we are ready because it's going to be rough. Are we ready? I've been tra- I've been cross training for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I've been watching a lot of like shit movies. Mm-hmm. Like I just watched Batman and Robin to Ooh. like get my muscles ready for the source. Luckily, we've got like two years before we get there. Ooh. <laughs> And as David says, uh, Zeiss sets the stage for the animated series, I think. Agreed. Uh, yep. Yeah, these, yep. uh, the world of Zeiss is definitely very similar to the world of the animated series. And, yeah, we're going to have to talk about that. It's going to be rough. Is the world of Zeiss a new theme park at Disneyland? Yeah, the world like of Zeiss. The, like the Avatar uh, <laughs> theme park? Yeah, but more magical. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else we got? What other uh, things have people written in? We've got some other good mail. So, I, I don't know, a lot of people were, were doing kind of gymnastics to try to square the circle that is this movie, mm-hmm. uh, and Lee F. really gets some props for most creative. <laughs> props might be the wrong word, yeah. but it's still delightful. Yeah. So, I'm not going to read this, this small essay that we received explaining how this could work, but I think you should hear the first line. <laughs> So here's how you can get Highlander 2 to make sense in all its incarnations. Include Battlestar Galactica as part of the narrative. <laughs> Immortals uh, are basically the Maroon Cylons and their descendants slash replicants who make their way to prehistoric Earth into the modern era. From the dawn of time we came. And it basically goes from there. <laughs> it's insanity. Uh, yeah. It's actually pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it uh, combines the two worlds and that's crazy. And he at least mentions, uh, he even finds a way, he? I don't know, Lee? Could go either way. Uh, Good thing. No judgment. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you do you, bro and or bra. Um, does manage to loop in an explanation of why Ramirez's his name wouldn't be Gleepglorp. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, that's great. And I like that after spending all this ink, I mean, this is a solid, like, 500-word post on this whole thing. Ends with, Still a bad movie, though. <laughs> yeah, still bad, no matter what explanation. Um, no matter what. Yeah. What if Ramirez designed the perfect sword for killing his enemy, assuming it would happen sooner than 2,500 years ago, and design, and the design happened to take off uh, perhaps when an old blacksmith used it to make ends meet? It's suiting that the weapon used to kill him was named Katana. Wow. There's a lot of ins and outs to this post. Oh, boy. A lot of ins and outs. That's right. Uh, it's a complicated case. A lot of ins, a lot of outs. That's right. <laughs> we also participated in our uh, contest, so... That's right, he did. Thank, Thank you, you very much for your... Uh, Was that the yeah. one that also had, like, a D- Star Trek Deep Space Nine? DS9? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Because, if so, I'm loving these Worlds Collide 
I'm scenarios. McDonald's. Hey. Yeah, that's like worlds collide. Like Zeiss combines with a Big Mac. It's yeah. like <laughs> the two worlds. Actually, no, it's Wendy's. It's actually oh, yeah, Zeiss Wendy's. combines with Wendy's. The Big Mac himself. The Big Mac. <laughs> Mac. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Is he the Grand Mac? He's the Grand Mac. Mac. Which yeah. is Duncan the is the Big Mac. Big Mac. Mac. And then who's the new Mac Junior? Uh, Quentin. Quentin. Quentin McConnell Mac, Mac Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because there's a Grand Mac now because we live in a fallen creation. <laughs> uh, so, uh, here's another interesting point uh, brought to us by Brian S. Uh, uh, Alex has written Mike, much like Mick World. Very good. <laughs> is that another new Disney World theme? Yeah, Mick World is the new theme park. Uh, it's actually just all onion themed. Oh, boy. Uh, so, Brian uh, brought up a point with. Um, Luis uh, breaking into the Shield Corp, and he says that he thought maybe that she was actually breaking in to get the pri- uh, the data on the price fixing. Oh. That it wasn't about the ozone thing. So, Although I don't know why that data would be located in the like nuclear reactor with this like thing. a laser <laughs> like shooting a, out yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, not on just some accountant's it's computer. The, yeah, the lasers are for defense. Also, still bullshit because, as we discussed before, <laughs> if you don't have competitors, you really can't have price fixing. Mm-hmm. Like. That is the point of price fixing. Otherwise, it's just them picking a price. Like right. they're just they're just assigning a price to it. There's no fixing. Maybe the price was just broken and they needed to fix it. No, maybe it was just Vincent Price. Yeah, and he was like injured. That's Vincent right. price fixing. <laughs> yeah, Vincent <laughs> price fixing. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, okay, Jill just said, "Why do you always say her name like that?" And y- y- Jill, you have mentioned this on Facebook before, and I'm confused. Her name is not Luis. Is it Louise? Is it Louise? Like when you're wheezing? Like with the like Z? Like is that, Pokemon is that, wheezing? Jill, <laughs> yeah, is that what we're saying wrong? Louise. Louise instead of Louise? Louise. Or is there a, a... I thought it was... I'm pretty sure they say Louise. That's what I thought. Is Louise that Marcus. Not what we said? Yeah, I don't know. Is that not what we said? No, no. I don't know. Let us know, Jill. Let us know. Yes? Yes, yes to what? Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, Jill. <laughs> yes to life and yes to magic. So, yes, it's Louise with a Z. And I'm saying it like oh, Luis. Dragon Ball Z. I don't know. I think I'm just saying it with, like, my accent, and I'm saying it quick. Yeah, yeah like, shrug. <laughs> you need to take some elocution lessons. Yeah, I think so. Man, I don't do elocution, man. Always Luis. Luis. You're an elocutie. Well, I guess Keith. so. Thank you, Joe, for the clarification. Thank you. Thumbs up. Oh, and Sus joined. Hey, thanks hey, for joining us, Chuck. Sus and Chuck. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. Ah, uh, this is our very first Facebook Live video, really, Full like this. S- well, we've done the other ones. We've uh, done multiple. Well, but they're not like this. This is like a hangout, guys. Are oh, they seeing what accent? You know, is that? Honest, this is Kyle. this is like a Philly, this Philly, is Philly accent. Yeah. Philadelphia. You gotta shut up that asshole dog. So I get some water on my cheesesteak. So here are some pretty great comments that we've gotten from. This is from Chip. Thank you, Chip. Uh oh, here we go. Sorry, I'm juggling all these papers and I'm holding this camera and a beer. It's hard. Is it Chip Dipson and Dip Dobson? So let's see. So he's got a bunch of thoughts, but we we at some point in the podcast wondered if Sonic and Knuckles. There's mm-hmm. two terrible... Korda and Reno. Yeah. Uh, were brothers or not. Just because, yeah. I don't know, we couldn't really make sense of their characters in any way. Yeah. So uh, we wanted to do the Connery, we're brothers! Uh, so I think Sonic and Knuckles are not brothers because the one doesn't give a crap that his brother gets beheaded by the train. Huh. It's possible. I don't know. Yeah. Keith, if you got beheaded by a train, I might be nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But they're also, I would weep. But also, these characters are both assholes. Like, and just, That's like, also true. So who knows? That's also true. Um... Uh, 
Let's see. Doing a Bill Belichick with your hoodie sleeves? I don't know. <laughs> Very Just good. wearing my Ninja Turtles hoodie. Doing it. Like, you know, like Bill Belichick in his Ninja Turtles hoodie. Right. right. Uh, so Chip also goes on to write, uh, let's see. As for Louise, maybe get that Z on. Sorry, Jill. Uh, wondering about the readings above the shield, she says that are impossible. Maybe she didn't think the readings would be completely back to normal. Uh, maybe she expected some improvement, but maybe they weren't habitable levels. And then this is a very good point he brings up. Uh, also, when they go above the shield, how the fuck do they know there's not any, any radiation getting through? You can't, like, see radiation. Like, they don't have any, like, equipment. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if, it, if they were wrong, they would get up there, and Connor Louise would, I guess, would be fine. Cancer. And, like, in yeah. a couple months, Louise develops cancer. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could be it. Maybe That's they go to Zeist. They go to Zeist. Louise gets cancer at some point as the new princess of Zeist, and maybe they can never come back to Earth to fix it, and everyone also on Earth dies. Maybe that's the ending of the movie. I think that is what happens. Oh, that's bad it. guys win. Okay. Yeah. This is, uh, all, all roads lead to Zeist, guys. Mm-hmm. Jill uh, says the Zeist people evolved from, from birds. birds. There's a, a oh. previous commenter just noted, as we're trying to unpack the bizarre relationship between Corda and Reno, Sonic and Knuckles, the porcupine boys. Yeah, whoever porcupine you want to call boys. Somebody mentioned maybe they're hatchlings from the same brood. That's a good point. So Maybe bird like people. genetic Just, bird beast? Yeah, so they're birds. Is Katana also a bird beast? Where are his feathers or beak? Well, I don't think Korda and Reno actually had a beak. I think they were wearing, like, noses that made them... Covered their beaks. They were, they were wearing <laughs> avian-inspired That's outfits. right. It was like a Groucho Mars glasses and nose, but it's like a, a, a bird. Puss? Yeah, that's right. That's not, that is not a bit. I'm pretty sure that thing is called a beagle puss. Is it? I'm oh, like wow. pretty sure. Mm. Here, I'm going to scroll through some comments here. Comments. Uh, did you miss Katana's hand before he was sent to Earth? Does he have a bird hand, Jill? Is that... Is that... Is that, is that, is that does he have a claw? <laughs> it's actually just a wing. A wing? His <laughs> hand? A.K.A. A, a wing. He's actually just a parrot. A um, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Uh, Chuck says, but if she was exposed, oh, there's so many comments. Uh, hold on. Chuck says, but if she was exposed to cancer on the planet, wouldn't she be immortal if they came back here? Well, I guess so. That's a quick fix for, uh, Louise. Wait, why? Well, I guess if she got cancer, then she'd come back to, oh, I guess she's not immortal. But she's not, I don't know. She's not immortal to begin with. Unless, like, the process of transferring between Zeist. It's like a Superman thing. Where, like, where Superman encounters the yellow sun radiation, Mm. he becomes Superman, but he's just Joe Schmo on Krypton. Yeah. Whereas. So if. So if you're, like. If Luis. If you're Zeistian. Maybe. Maybe roles would reverse. They go, and all of a sudden she's immortal on Zeist, and Connor dies. Hmm. Maybe I have a Rolls Royce. All I'm going to say, it's, it's definitely hard to unpack my post-Highlander 2 cancer fanfic. <laughs> uh, like uh, most good cancer fanfic. Yeah. Uh, it gets very raunchy. As, as it should. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. What? 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 Why is the writing on the microphones and sweatshirts backwards? Am I viewing this in a time warp? Yes, Ken, you are. This isn't reality. This is a terrible nightmare, and it's a bizarro Highlander rewatched. That's why it's all backwards. Yeah. So actually, we've been saying the opposite, like Bizarro Superman. Um. So the whole time we've been actually talking about how much we love this movie. <laughs> yes. And we do hate it with a burning passion. 
Uh, also, uh, Chip brings up one other good point that uh, he says there can't be many places they could go above the shield, like mm-hmm. on the whole planet. Like it can't have that many like holes in it. So mm-hmm. when they're like, it's where just a sponge? Yeah. So they're like, oh, where? It's just a Swiss cheese. Shield. Where is Connor and Louise going? Uh, he like must know the locations of these places. Like, yeah. there can only be so many. Like, because this actually has, like, an access point. Like, it has, like, a ladder and, like, a... Yeah, people... Why is there, like, a guard post there? Like, a porthole? Somebody built that. Yeah. Like, this is Alan some natural... It. Maybe. Before he croaked. I I like another great world mashup that someone has just mentioned, that we see the end result of Louise's, Louise's travel to Zeist. It's called Dune. Whoa. Oh, that's true. Oh, oh you're right. Oh. So Dune is the, the sequel to Highlander 2... Taking place maybe even further into the future? Yeah. yeah and maybe wow. like... Now it all makes sense. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. What? Now it's a good movie. Oh, yeah, we David fixed Lynch. it. Lynch. It's in the Highlander continuity so, now. Yeah, because like Katana's son is Baron Harkonnen or whatever his mm-hmm. name is. Mm-hmm. Isn't Sting in that movie? He absolutely yeah. is. He absolutely He's a is. Musician that holds He's all, up with the Highlander musical true. connection. He's all oiled up. Oiled up. The, the spice is actually just quickening juice. We're also all oiled up. That's true. Yeah, hey. I mean, I generally go through, like, oily and greasy. <laughs> greasy. Uh-oh, we're getting some, uh... Oh, boy. So your recent podcast, watching again last night. I can't believe uh, it really has no connection to the first movie. Thank you, Michael. Yes, Highlander 2 seemingly has no connection yeah. to Highlander 1. Like, I it... think it makes less sense if you've seen Highlander 1. Yeah. It absolutely does. Because yeah. I keep, like, you keep on trying to, like, you have, like, a, a, a map up and you have strings and thumbtacks like con- trying are, to connect are you just describing everything. the conspiracy board in my bedroom that i am <laughs> <laughs> the answer I is the illuminati yeah <laughs> yeah and there's nothing wrong with them creating highlander 2 as like kind of like a it could or well it's like an act like it could act as a standalone movie mm-hmm. like you could go in not having seen the first one and it would be okay i mean you would uh, kind of figure it out like really nothing that happens in this movie is truly dependent on anything you've seen before no yeah it doesn't matter anything and it's actually just a big head scratcher it is. Yeah. Eamon, do you want to read uh, another piece of uh, mail we got? Sure. From Marcus. That Chip. It's the best thing using that name since the show Chips? I don't know. Yeah. There we go. Uh, so let's see here. Marcus. Marcus mentions an unpopular opinion. I think this movie has the best score of the entire film series. Wagner is a great place to start, and the whole soundtrack promotes the notion that we're watching a literal space opera unfolding before us. Michael Kamen's work for the first film is good, but it's sort of like the warm-up act for his superior Prince of Thieves score. George Callis is probably the only redeeming factor of the source, and his music is really decent if you can overlook the ear-grating Queen covers by John Sloman that accompanied it. The other two scores are hit and miss, with J. Peter Robinson wavering between solid tracks and laughably inappropriate ones for Highlander 3, and Nick Glenn Smith submitting a score that actively ruins the scenes that were supposed to be touching or melancholy in Endgame, parentheses, especially killing an old friend, a painfully overwrought cue. Very interesting, Marcus. Um, well, I can't wait to revisit these music cues you identified yeah. when we yeah. get to those respective features. Well, the thing about um, the, what's the guy's name? The Darius. The Darius. Darius. Who scored? Stuart Copeland. Stuart Copeland. I didn't notice his score in the movie except for that one scene where it sounded awful. I mean, I would. I like the idea of it being like Wagnerian, but I didn't like. 
the score to me was largely unnoticeable. Maybe I should re-listen to it. I mean, and I, I think the notion that he did a better job, that Michael Kamen did a better job in Prince of Thieves, doesn't mean that the score in Highlander wasn't great. The Highlander yeah. 1 score, I think, is absolutely yeah. knockout. Uh, yeah, I don't agree that this is better. I don't think it's bad. Like, I just don't find it, it fitting all the time. It, like, it just doesn't work. Yeah, I can listen to it, I think, on its own, and I'm like, this is okay. And I do, I really do appreciate... If you it on its own, it might be the best ingredient yeah. of the movie. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, like, I do appreciate that it's operatic. I think the operaticness yeah. of it is really cool. I wish the whole movie had some more operatic feel to it, because uh, I think that's a neat way to construct something like this like a, a neat way to frame a movie uh but yeah i don't know it's not my favorite you right yeah it's interesting no i'm thinking more about ways to make this thing more operatic actually and i'm also thinking about the term space opera people use that term a lot what the hell does that mean what, what makes a thing a space opera is star wars a space opera i don't know you tell me Robotech is a space opera. Why, why is Robotech a space opera? Are transforming robots? They're always, they're always singing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's well, actually it why. Is, it the is robots very musical, sing. Um, and the robots almost sing in Robotech. But um, they I can't because they're robots. That's true. They don't it's, have heart. Oh. <laughs> they don't have a love. I, like Robotech is very like op, like operatic in that it's like almost soap opera y or like high drama or tension or something. But I don't know what the definition of a space a opera spin on soap opera or on opera music i have no idea is that what it is i don't know that makes more sense to me if it's yeah. about high drama yeah it's like general hospital only like in on zeist yeah so I, it says the best space opera is that one futurama episode is that the devil one that so, one's so oh good. that's a good one that, yeah. is, that's a, that actually that's might a great be one. the best episode of that show yeah that's delightful very good uh Eamon, do you want to read uh, another zach o has sent us another message sure. this one's a real gem oh it's good uh is this uh which one are we doing here oh uh, let's say a few he uh, does i think there's is it the train one? Oh, yeah, yeah there we go this is a good Ayo. this is a good one about the uh the, the train sequence in highlander yeah. too. So this is another good one from zach um let's talk about the train let's talk about the train scene yeah, assuming let's... a speed of 450 miles per hour and a weight of 440 tons new york subway standard this is insane. When it crashed, it lost momentum immediately. This would cause a force of 370 million pounds upon <laughs> the train and its occupants, which would essentially disintegrate everything, including an immortal's head. But since it was stopped by just masonry wall, this train should have shot like a bullet through the city. For energy needs, let's assume the hell ride lasts one minute. The train going that fast would need at least 21 gigawatts of power the largest nuclear power plant in the country currently produces about 16 gigawatts in an entire year this train should have traveled in time 17 times <laughs> uh, that's amazing that's really good that's really good stuff maybe you know masonry is really strong in the future mm -hmm. Yeah. That's actually what it's all about. Yeah, this is probably masonry developed by Connor McLeod. Probably. Oh, yeah, that's a... Uh... Folded 3,600 times or whatever. Oh, we, just we got, got a, a question. From, from Ken, how did Katana know to go to the Shield Corp? All right, so, this is a good... This, so it's especially perplexing in the first... In the theatrical cut. Because he just appears there after his train ride. And he just goes right there... He, like, teases Connor in the, the graveyard, then goes to, to visit the S.H.I.E.L.D. boardroom for some reason. Right. 
This makes a little more sense than the Renegade cut, right? Yeah, but th- there's a way that this actually makes even more sense, and that's with a cut scene that we actually didn't really talk about on the podcast. I'm uh, glad you asked that, Ken. Uh, so there is a scene, maybe we'll post it on Facebook at some point this week. Uh, after Katana gets done with his, like, stupid train ride, he uh, encounters, like, this, like, punk in an alley. And oh. he, uh, they basically do, like, a Crocodile Dundee scene. Like, where that's the, not a knife, this is a knife? Uh-huh, and he does the extended blade. Or does he blade. teach him how to use a bidet? <laughs> uh, so he asks, like, he just asks this guy, he's like, where's Connor McCloud? And, like, this punk tells him, he's like, wait, the guy that made the shield? Like, he's the shield guy. And so that's how hmm. Katana is like, oh, that, that's my next clue. I'll go to the shield place because he had something to do He's with that. He's the shield guy. Yeah. The shield guy. See, I feel like that's like public enough information that he could have gotten it at any point. And I think if you see the renegade cut where they have the fight, the elevator fight, where Connor gets to ride the elevator yeah. in a movie. Um, Sometimes you're on top of the elevator. Yeah. He, uh, after that fight, because obviously they just tried to go outside and duke it out. He loses track of him. I'm willing to accept that Connor McCloud's connection to the shield is, like, public enough information. So then he goes there as, like, the next ingredient for how to find them. Yeah. I guess I, like, it's not clear, and it's especially not clear in the theatrical cut. But it, like, it, it, it doesn't require be, it as much of a stress. Yeah. yeah, but clearly that cut scene, they thought about it and were like, oh, we, need, we should explain this very clearly. And yeah. they did it, and that's good. Strange that that was not part of the... Uh, the Renegade edition. I think, I don't know, some of those choices of what's in the Renegade version uh, are odd. Renegade. Yes. Well, like, when they put back, like, Connery sexually harassing that woman and, like, <laughs> the psychic cook. Like, what? Ah, whatever. So William H. is asking, what's the deal with the the sword? Like, did Connor, does, do you think Connor went back after the explosion and picked up the sword? I think that's a mistake. I think they just fucked up. I think it's just a straight up, yeah, I think it is just yeah. a straight up continuity error. Yeah. Um, either that, or there's a deleted scene where he just goes digging through rubble with his bare hands, and we watch it for like ten minutes. Barney uh, Rubble. Yeah, as you go through Barney Rubble, Barney Rubble shows up, mm-hmm. then uh, Bam Bam is there, yeah. and that really helps speed up the cleanup, because he's so yeah, strong, Bam Bam he, like for a baby. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> Bam Bam fan. I yeah. can't believe that Bam baby's Bam Bam. so strong, he's guys. He's a strong baby. Yeah. yeah. Pebbles. <laughs> <sighs> When is a third movie overview coming, asked Michael. That is a great question. Um, well, it's coming. It's a, yeah. The answer is, like, probably six months from now. Yeah. yeah. So we are recording today, in addition to this riveting live video that you're getting <laughs> presently, um, we are recording our first batch of episodes for Highlander Season 3, mm-hmm. which we're very excited about. Kicks off with the samurai, some great stuff. Once we finish Season 3, we will be reviewing... Doing our, our usual treatment of Highlander 3. Yeah. Which, what's the tagline on that, Eamon? Oh, the sexiest movie of 1995. That's right. Wait, yeah. And Did like, I get the year right? I yeah. I think so. I think that's right. You know you've got gold on your hands when you've got the sexiest movie of the year. Yeah. In any case, it's the Warlock? The Sorcerer? The, the, warlock. the <laughs> Final Dimension? The, warlock, yeah. <laughs> the Sorcerer, right? Yeah. 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 What, what or di- the Final Dimension. What dimensions are in Highlander? The final one. Well, we know there's the final one. What are the others? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Or is it taking place in an alternate dimension? Mm. Is it like Earth 2? Maybe that's how it works. Zeist is is Earth, but it's the alternate dimension dimension of Earth. Oh, and that's why it makes no sense with the first one. (laughs) There's just a total continuity error, because in that bonkers dimension, all immortals come from Zeist. Zeist. 
Yeah, uh, so after we're done the third season, we'll be tackling the third movie. Yeah, so that's, you know, probably a solid four or five months from now. Yeah. Maybe yeah. six. We'll, we'll give ourselves six. Yeah, yeah. We have three episodes down and however many to go. Right. Probably 18 to go. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah, that could have gotten a lovely right. Uh, uh, someone has asked, um, why does no one in the boardroom panic or run out when Katana gets shot several times and then proceeds to, like, crack the jaw and murder somebody? That's a great question. Who knows? These... Everyone just stares and then just lets it all happen. These are stone-cold capitalists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, well got ice water in my veins, and I can just uh, watch a man get murdered somehow? I still don't know how he dispatches that guy. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Well, they, they're all used to their eyes wide shut parties where they're watching like, <laughs> all sorts of evil acts happen. I don't know. They're used to it, baby. That's right. Yeah, in the fallen Shield Corp world. Yeah. Shield Corp? Yeah. <laughs> shield Corp? Shield court. Yeah. Shield Shield court. That's good. (laughs) Well, they've got their own prisons, and they have their own private court system. Their own basketball court. On and off the court. Yeah. Oh, here's here's a good one. Uh, So Jill, uh, Jill B., uh, who's watching live. Hey, Jill. Uh, she made two interesting points here. Uh, so she says they don't, there's no children on Zeist, perhaps. Uh, who knows? Cause we haven't really who knows, seen, I mean, they were only in a battle and there's no children really there. Yeah. Uh, uh, but then she points out that when Katana stops on the train, he does like a double take to the little kid. Like she, he's never seen a kid before. So oh, is it right. like that all the people on Zeist can't have kids also leading to why immortals can't have children? That is maybe interesting. Yeah. And also, like, based on... That's why, because there are just no kids or chicks. Right, and yeah. also, she she points out that there Pretty are true. no uh, women on Zeist. And again, it's hard to, yeah. like, kind of track in the movie, because, like, all we ever really see is, like, a battle scene. Uh, so who knows if there'd be women there or not. I don't know. There were no women in the uh, original Highlander battle scene. Right. But I didn't think there were no women in the clan. <laughs> uh, well, there weren't. We met those women. That is true. Uh, so who knows? But definitely, like, uh, we posted some pictures of Brendan McCarthy's art. Yeah. And there is, like, I mean, someone mentioned this weird bird thing. Like, there are, yeah. like, weird Matrix-like chambers. Like, mm. maybe they were going for something where people aren't born on Zeist at all. And that's why they can't have kids. Like, they're all they're all sterile. Which is, their, that was how they were attempting to explain why the Immortals couldn't have kids. I don't know, guys. Maybe they just re- reproduce asexually, but only in the atmosphere of Zeist. Yeah. It's like pandas. They can't breed in captivity. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> they have to be roaming free on Zeist in order to make it happen. Right. Make it happen. And Jill yeah. says that's why Connor didn't want to go back. So I guess he oh, because he likes the ladies. He likes the ladies. He's gotten he too used to it. And then Allie. That alleyway banging around. Louis. Louis. Louis Marcus. Yeah, Louis Marcus. Marcus. That's right. No, that's in the, the next dimension. The next dimension. I want to loop back to something that um, Vince asked us in our deleted special features uh, first try at this. Um, <laughs> uh, what would you do to make Highlander 2 better? I know we talked about this a little bit, but. Maybe make make another pass at that. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about that a little more. So let's set some constraints on this, because I think our answer when we discussed this in the podcast was just, don't fucking do it. Right. It was like our answer to make it better. It's just like, hey, just throw it all out and do a different thing. Mm-hmm. So if we're working with something within the confines of this movie, how would we make it better? Something that <sighs> at least resembles it. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I, I'd give Connor, like, the the Highlander sword sooner or have that be more important? 
like his his samurai sword. You didn't have a deep emotional connection to that Zeist sword. I didn't like the Zeist sword. It looked stupid. Yeah, it looked like a hunk of plastic. It looked like a plastic toy I'd get at the circus. You know, when they have like the plastic <laughs> at light the up circus. Yeah, I guess the circus doesn't exist anymore. What's that but, comment? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, and the words of Richie Ryan, I can't believe I'm at the circus. I can't That's right. believe I'm at the circus. I mean, well, we keep yeah. getting hung up. Uh, I don't want to say hung up, but like we're like, oh, well, how would we do it based on the constraints of the movie? And so yeah. we keep keeping, like, we're like, well, the Zeiss thing has to be intact or the time travel thing has to be intact. To me, it's like, well, let's lose that stuff, but you could keep all the ozone layer stuff. I feel like yeah. that's the it's like, more important part of the story. Well, because the Zeiss thing right. disappears instantly. Yeah, so... as we discussed, the, yeah. which is the B plot? Like, yeah. the shield is actually the A plot in this movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like that's the way to do it. It's like, mm-hmm. you could kind of go the Highlander 3 route, and mm-hmm. it's like, just, that's your scapegoat of this thing. It's like, oh, there's, Katana was in a cave with his stupid goons. Mm-hmm. Even they can be his dumb goons, because, uh, well... In what the third movie came that's, that's Highlander three. Yeah, that's yeah. Highlander three. Uh, just do it that way, and then then the movie still can take place in 2024, But you yeah. don't, you're not left with all those weird questions. Mm-hmm. Like the first movie still happened the way it happened. Unlike you know the Zeister time travel thing. Bring do, you, up. do you bring Sean Connery back? Ah, uh, that's tricky. Oh, I, I would just bring him back in the flashbacks. He'd just be back in the yeah. past. We'd get yeah. more buddy cop stuff. With yeah, more him. training. Yeah, yeah, more training, or maybe they had like maybe that. We don't know how long they were together. Right. We yeah. nev- that's never established. And obviously he gets pretty good with the sword at some point. So it's like, oh, like maybe that was actually like a year and a half they were together. Mm-hmm. And maybe they had some wild adventure that we didn't hear about. The entire movie could practically be that and if they we wanted even to. Like, but yeah. like, you know, they could, we could see McCloud take his first head or something. Yeah. Yeah. And also you could make Katana like a villain they maybe encountered in the past. Right. And now he's, maybe they thought he was vanquished and now he's back. Right in baby. the back, baby, in the, like the the future, yeah, world or whatever. And they could even do like the Obi Wan route. I mean, like at the end of Highlander One, we saw Sean Connery like commune with McCloud, like he yeah. like like in a voiceover, and it's right. like, oh, you could just bring him back Obi Wan style and He's have him ghost. be like, a, well, maybe not a ghost, but like have him like That's Connor. Why he could be back somehow. Yeah, yeah Connor could meditate yeah. and more voiceover crap, and it's like, oh, he could kind of offer him some guidance or something. You could uh, see him as a mirage when he's like fighting on a. Ice Planet. Yeah, that's it. Ben! <laughs> Ice Planet. Yep. That's Zeist, it. Zeist, Zeist Planet. Planet. Yeah. Very good. That's right. Well, guys, this was a lot of fun. Uh, last chance to get in some uh, questions, and we'll try to answer them. Uh, but while you guys are... Oh, uh, let's see. Sorry, Ken has just asked a question. Uh, besides this movie, what other movies influenced us? None. Like, influence me in life? Yeah. All right, I will answer this This question. This movie did not influence me in any way, (laughs) shape, or form. Other than, like, influence me to make a silly podcast about it. I mean, Hmm. you mean this movie didn't change your life? I'm the man I am today because of this movie. I don't know where I'd be. A pauper. Living on the street. Um, and conversely, this movie made me a prince. Yeah, there we go. See, and we're, we're going to switch. Yeah, the, the, the different trajectories it sets you on. To yeah. answer that question seriously, I would say the movie that influenced me the most is... The Inher- most. The most. Sorry. Is uh, whatever movie gave me speech therapy, so I stopped saying most. The goat with the most. <laughs> yeah, it's actually just a series of Sylvester cartoons. <laughs> um, but, uh... 
No, the movie that influenced uh, me the most is probably Inherit the Wind, the movie... A-plus on that. Yeah. Oh. It's a fictionalized version of the Scopes Monkeys trial, starring mm-hmm. Frederick Marsh, Spencer Tracy, Gene Kelly. It's a ace movie. Yeah, it is. Really good. It's a Part- play also, right? Yes. It originated as a play. Great. I saw that movie or that movie live. I saw that you know when they do movies live plays yeah, like, like like we're doing right now. <laughs> I saw that movie live. <laughs> oh my god! I, I saw that movie when I was alive. <laughs> you went to the movie theater. You went, and saw it. You, no, went to, you, went I, to a, you went to the shoot. I, I did. I saw that play live. No. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, with Brian Dennehy, it was amazing. You went with him. Yeah, <laughs> he sat next to me, and we just oh, like, that's nice. it was pretty good. I was, like, I was like, Brian, you should be in this movie. Who was acting in the play? Do you remember that? No. Oh, I, just, I, I went with Brian Denny. That's fine. I didn't know you were friends. Yeah, we're good. Very good. Nice. tight. I met Highlander in general. What movies influenced Highlander in general? I think I that's know. the question. I think what uh, movies influenced Highlander 2? I don't know. I There's know a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I would say, like, hold on. I might have some of these. Let's see. Papers. Uh, got papers and papers okay, so papers. I mean, we definitely saw like weird influences of like Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, the, it, mm-hmm. like the entire Zeist look. Uh, and then there's a bunch of like Phantom Zone Zeist stuff that like feels Superman. like Superman, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, then I think like Blade Blade Runner, oh, like yeah. over the top Blade yeah. Runner, like with all the shadows and the big yeah. spinning fans. Uh, then the movie obviously is definitely Robocop. Robocop, Robocop. Robocop. This is the worst oh, yeah, Robocop yeah, 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 movie. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, it has a lot of Wizard of Oz references to it. Like I think the the bird people are like monkey the monkeys there's like the crystal monkeys. ball yeah. I don't know it's ridiculous yeah. uh, definitely Batman 1989 like the the movie takes a lot sure. of its look from like yeah. being All like oh we statues. can do like a futuristic-y kind of throw retro movie like combining mm-hmm. these time periods uh, so that's I there. say you're full of shit Knox uh, we got a little back quote <laughs> we got some Back to the Future in there too uh, with the hoverboards uh, hey do you know they don't work on water what. <laughs> Uh, maybe a little of the Warriors thrown in there. What's the word? What What is the Warriors connection? I don't remember. I had that written in my notes, and I'm trying to remember what scene in particular I was like, this is, is like the Warriors. Is, is it because John C. McGinley puts, like, uh, three bottles on his hands mm-hmm. and tells Connor to come out and play? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Connor, come uh, out and play! Yeah. Uh, that explains it. All right, yeah, this is a real tight connection. Yeah, there's okay. a lot, uh, Star Trek Four definitely with, like, the dumb, double dumbass on you. Yeah. Uh, and then what other ones? Oh, some Terminator. Uh, like the give me your yeah, clothes, yeah. he beats him up. Uh, definitely Dune, more of that shit. Like weird future desert planet with spaceships. Dune, you're getting a Dell. Uh, maybe a little body. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. good. Dune, you're getting Dune a Dell. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you're a bad man. Yeah, bad very good. Bad man. Bad man returns. Bad man returns. Badminton returns. Badminton. I used to play that in college. Really? Did you really? I did. Yeah, I saw you. Were a sixty-year-old woman in college? <laughs> just, just in gym. And yes, I was. You had gym class in college? Like I'm in high school. I don't know what I'm saying. Gym. Yeah. <laughs> All times relative. Uh, you had gym kata in high school. I did. Mm. Go to Parmistan. Maybe he means which one of you of the Highlander movies hit you like Zeist is your curse? Which is our curse? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We do love exclaiming Zeist. Yeah. Zeist. Zeist. Zeist it doesn't have the same ring as source. <laughs> source. Source. Very or time travel. Uh, so, uh, before we close out, uh, we want to talk about a little promotion we're doing on the Highlander podcast, which is uh, NPR has put together this great uh, 
I guess, month-long promotion called mm-hmm. Tripod. Spelled yeah. T-R-Y pod. Yeah, hashtag T-R-Y pod. And uh, Highlander, we watched it. We watched. I do that too much. And no, I, we watch us. I've only had two beers. Uh, so we're taking part in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole idea of this is we want more people to be listening to podcasts. And it doesn't just have to be ours, obviously. We Though all, we'd prefer if it yeah. was ours. Uh, yeah. But you obviously can't listen to just our podcast all the time. Uh, Challenge so, accepted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's like a bajillion other podcasts out there, and there's a lot of people that maybe don't even know what podcasts are. So especially we're asking you in the Highlander community, reach out to those people uh, you know, on the Highlander Facebook pages, yeah. people that are in your groups, and say like, hey, check out podcasts if you haven't already. Obviously there's a, a good way to get into them, maybe ours, something yeah. you share a common interest with. But after that, it's like recommend some other podcasts if you have any interest. Uh, I mean, like, I like food a lot. I listen to the America's Test Kitchen podcast. Yeah. That's really fun. Uh, I listen to Comedy Bang Bang. Kyle, what do you listen to? Uh, I would highly recommend Hardcore History, which is like a super That's detailed good. look at various historical events. It's practically like listening to an audiobook. Super detailed, discursive as heck. Yeah. Eamon, do you have any favorite podcasts? Uh, I enjoy Spontaneous Nation with Paul F. Tompkins. That's it's a good one, one of my all-time favorite podcasts. And uh, if you have any podcasts you like, um, tell your friends. And uh, if they don't know how to use a podcast or listen to a podcast, use a podcast. And maybe show them how to download them on their yeah. phone or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So Super it's really easy. just about building awareness of this form of media and get at it. It'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. So we're super excited about uh, season three. So stay yeah, tuned. This Tuesday, excited. it's dropping the it's Samurai. It's, yeah, it's dropping like it's hot, actually. It's going to be very good. Dropping like it's hot. Uh, so uh, thank you, everybody out there, for participating in our first like live Q&A. Uh, thanks for all the kind words. We're getting a lot of like keep up the good work messages and stuff. Thank you very much, Brian and Jill. Uh, so yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. We've been your rewatchers. Can we all get in the frame? Hey, yeah. all right. See everybody. Bye. Bye. Thank you. See ya. Bye. Hey rewatchers, thanks for joining us for our inaugural mini-sode. Hope that answered your questions regarding Highlander 2. Uh, if you still have more, which you might, write to highlanderrewatched at gmail.com and we'll do our best to answer those questions for you. Also, remember, this is Tripod Month here at Highlander Rewatched. We have partnered with NPR. For the month of March, we are promoting podcasts across the board with the hashtag Tripod. That's T-R-Y-P-O-D. And this is all about getting people interested in podcasts. Uh, A lot of people, believe it or not, still don't know about this format. And uh, they might really like it because there's really something out there for everybody. Uh, Maybe it's something like a Highlander podcast. Maybe they're into art. Maybe they're into pottery. Maybe they're into music. And that could be jazz, classical, pop music. There's an amazing array of podcasts out there covering all topics of interest. It could be politics, uh, financial stuff. Um, It's it's really endless uh, what's out there. So if you're into podcasts and you know somebody that maybe doesn't listen or you have a podcast you'd like to recommend, maybe it's ours, maybe it's someone else's. Uh, show them in real life. Just go over to them and explain how to use a podcast. Uh, or maybe message them on Facebook, on Twitter. Send them an email. Explain how to get into this cool medium. Thanks again for listening to Highlander Rewatch. Also, make sure to check out our Facebook store. Uh, we are doing a very special third season promotion, and our exclusive Highlander collectible magnet set is now 30% off. And that sale is only for a limited time. So if you want one of these sweet magnet sets, you got to head over to our Facebook store and pick up yours today. Thanks again for listening to this first mini episode, and we'll see you next Tuesday as usual for the next episode in season three in the line of fire. I've been one of your rewatchers, Keith. See ya.